Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The researchers from the Department of Theoretical and Applied Biology have found species of methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus, Staphylococcus, um, a group of bacteria responsible for diseases ranging from boils to pneumonia. Staphylococcus, Staphylococcus, um, a group of bacteria responsible for diseases ranging from boils to pneumonia. Al Ali will face. Um, uh, um. I'm trying to say, which is the name of the team? <laughs> Interestingly, Kaiser Chiefs will play work whilst Al Ali will play Esperanza de Tunis in the semi final. Uh, um, I'm trying to say, which is the name of the team? <laughs> Interestingly, sometimes your favorite presenters also go blank and they act. You're yeah, saying <laughs> that's with Town Abila ending tonight's edition of Sunday. Edition right here on Joy 99.7 FM with me, Manuel Correnting. I've been sitting in for your regular show host, Maxwell Abogba, who is all the way in South Africa. He brought us, uh, you know, some amazing reports of how he was stopped from fellowshipping with the church because he had not booked in advance and they're doing so a bit. And of course, we brought you that sound of the URO of the KNUST um, talking about how students had used their monies to bet and invest in other businesses which were not yielding as much profit and how they almost had to defer their courses. My name is Manuel Cranting. This is how far time will allow us to go tonight. A very happy, happy birthday to you, uh, Yufi Amfo. Um, you, it's your birthday today. Happy birthday to you and to all of our birthday celebrants today. A wonderful happy birthday to all of you from all of us here at Joy FM. Up next now. A springboard roadshow. Hello and welcome to Springboard, your virtual investing. My name is Albert Okran. Welcoming you on behalf of Team Springboard, ably led by Comfort. This is your most inspirational show and the point where the greatest minds in the world converge. Your virtual investing is brought to you by the Springboard Roadshow Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, Just B, the enterprise group, enterprise your advantage, UMB Bank, celebrating 50 years in banking with media support from the multimedia group and the graphic business. On Tuesday, bookmark page 18 in the graphic business for a full transcript of today's very special conversation. Let me welcome our new partners, the Central University, Ghana's premier private university. So today we stay in the engine room where we get to unpack the behind the scenes stories of frontliners in various fields including the media, governance, um, academia, and different fields of endeavor, trying to find out the joys, the tears, the preparations, that part of their story you never will find in the front lines that we find them in, and try to understand what drives them and what keeps them going. My guest for today is a household name, and you would either love her for her presentations on television and her her conversations with various stakeholders, or you would love her for her work in her charities, or know her as a previous, you still, <laughs> film star, beauty queen, or maybe for social media, where she commands a significant following as an influencer. Bella Mundi, welcome to Springboard. Thank you so much, Rev. Charlie, somehow we announced we're coming. <laughs> Everyone is ready, keen, oh, and excited about this conversation. That's nice. It's Grace. Thank you. I want to, I want to, I want to start from the name. It sounds almost like a telenovela, Bella Mundi. <laughs> I, I love the name. <laughs> Thank where, you. Where, where, did, where do you get it from? 
So a friend of mine used to call me that when I was in school at the University of Ghana, and when everybody else would call me Bella. In fact, when I was in secondary school, I used to be called Bella Mafia. Oh, why? <laughs> because there was a party called Bella Mafia, and so everybody just decided to name me after that because I was called Bella. But this particular friend, even though he knew the other name, still used to call me Bella Mundi for some reason. I didn't understand. Um, and I never bothered to ask. But when my TV career started, I was asked that same day what name I'd want them to project on the screen. And I just said Bella Moody for some reason, because that's what came to mind at first. And it stayed. People loved it. So I was like, OK, let me stick to it. So eventually, people started asking me what it, was, what it meant. Then I had to go and Google what Mundi meant, because I didn't even know. But it apparently, mean? it means world, just like Mundial. So okay. Bella is in charge of her world, takes control of it, and basically just projects herself uh, through that. And so that's how I understood it. And the name became a household name. Interesting reminder about Larry King. His real yeah. name is Larry Zegis. He mm. entered the studio and the producer said, oh, no, 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 you can't go on stage with that name. Not that there was anything <laughs> wrong with the name, but he yeah. wanted something a bit more funky. Yeah. So he says the producer named him Larry King minutes before he went on stage. Oh, wow. And the rest is history. The producer named him? Yes. And he accepted it. He, I mean, he, had, well, he had no choice. First I guess. Day, first day in broadcasting. <laughs> I guess. So, okay. so I'm just thinking about secondary school days when somebody's parents will come to school and mention their real name. And so and they don't know your real is. name is Bella. Yeah. So at least everybody knew I was Bella. So no, but the, the other day, you see? Oh, oh, actually, they did know that I was for, called Bella that day. No, I'm just saying, for in, in, in secondary school, though, your, your father would come and say, I'm looking for Bella that day. And yeah, say, oh. and everybody's and so oh, Bella. <laughs> it, it, it happened quite a bit it in does. school, but some of the names I won't tell you. I mean, there was a guy called Abosam. Oh, wow. <laughs> and his father asked of him the whole day and didn't get to know who. And I, I hear apparently around 5 o'clock, mm -hmm. somebody said, oh, the guy is asking for Abosam. The father said, what? That's his son's nickname. That's, Can you imagine how heartbroken he was? Yeah, father was totally heartbroken, <laughs> but in your case, it wouldn't be about heartbroken uh, because yeah, Bella well, in the world is a nice combination. Thank you. So let's talk about the media. It's a very interesting world. Did you always want to be in the media? I think so. From a very early age, I knew that I wanted to be in front of the cameras. I wasn't sure if it was going to be media, journalism, if it was going to be a, you know, a movie star or whatever it was. But at least I knew that I wanted to speak to the crowd. I wanted to speak to an audience. And I can say that for a fact because we used to live in a story building. And every time after school or on weekends, I'll take the same game my mom used to lash me with when I was naughty and go stand in front of the stairs and pretend I was speaking to an audience. And if they didn't respond, I'll now take my time and lash every, you know, stare. Because, the, the ranks of the stairs. Yeah, exactly. And I never understood why. I think maybe at a point I probably thought I was going to be a teacher. I don't know. But I probably was also mimicking my mom because any little thing you'd get, um, you know, a lash. So I think from that point, I also started paying key attention to personalities on TV. I was watching them and I enjoyed watching them. And I always used to think I would love to do this job someday. And I think that's just it. It manifested. Maybe I was born for it. Maybe that was my destiny. Interesting. And I get really fascinated when people talk about how seemingly innocuous childhood experiences pointed to who they would become. Yeah. And my, a couple of my previous guests, I mean, Ivan Kwashiga talked about living between two cinema halls and selling the tickets to get a chance to watch a cinema for free, mm. and then how it led him into to filmmaking, okay. and then also to sales and advertising. Mm. It's okay. just incredible. Then, Pastor Celia talked about when she was young, she would literally speak to even ants. Ants? And she's a speaker across the world. Wow. So you're just affirming the fact that sometimes seemingly unusual childhood mm. experiences mm. point to who you could become. Yeah. But you use the word like, that caused my attention. You mm. say, maybe it's my destiny. Yes. I was born for it. Yeah. you believe that? I that believe that. Everybody has something that they are born to do. Yes, I so, believe everyone is born with a purpose. And if you find your purpose early enough, then of course you can stay on that path, even if you make mistakes and all of that. For me, I think it's about purpose. And I've always said that every time I've got the chance uh, to speak to people, that you always need to identify your purpose. 
everybody was born for a reason. And so that's why it worries me when I find a lot of young people saying, I love you, I love what you do on TV, and I want to be like you. When in actual facts, they've also been granted a different purpose, or they've been gifted something totally different, a different talent. And maybe if they honed that talent, they would also be amazing, they'll be incredible at what they do, and wouldn't have to necessarily want to be like me. So I say that to everyone, that you need to identify your talent, you need to hone it, and through that, you live in your purpose. You mentioned the word divine, or, or you mentioned destiny. Do you believe that this purpose has something to do with God? I believe so, yes. Help Everything to it. do with God. Again, uh, going back to the issue of purpose, I, I think that God, of course, put us on earth to fulfill a certain agenda that he brought us into the world for. And so for me, mine is to speak to the crowd. And if it's through that, that he's going to ensure that his word gets to people, it doesn't necessarily mean I have to preach, but just maybe the fact that I'm doing something to help society. I'm interrogating people about the ills in society and doing something to help young people and everyone at large, then maybe that's God's way of showing his glory through me. And so I believe that for every single person, God works through you, either, either through your talent or whatever gift it is that he gave you, he works through you. So, so you're saying that you feel that through your broadcasting, God is showing forth his glory. Absolutely. Interesting. Now, now you've got my attention. I'm an asophil, so this is, I know, but... this is my bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, you've senior. Brought, just... You brought me right into, into what, I love, what I love to hear. Okay. Because traditionally, we've always felt and believed or it's been considered largely mm -hmm. that the one doing the purpose of God, the will of God, is the one preaching. Yeah. So increasingly, when we get to hear that people who are in education, in broadcasting, mm. believe that what they are doing is ordained by God and they are yeah. doing the work of God, for us who see ministry from the contemporary point of view, yeah. it gets excited. Maybe some traditional thinkers will find it a bit find difficult it, to yeah. deal with, but you see that anytime you're interviewing a politician, you're interviewing somebody, you are doing your work, you see it but as a glory it's just, of Exactly. Because for you know, I mean, I, I mean, some of me have started from rags, and through this journey, they've made it in life, or they have succeeded to a certain point. A lot of people are watching this person getting inspired, and a lot of young people get in touch with me and tell me, because you didn't give up, I also didn't give up. And in fact, I'm in media school, or I applied to this university, and I'm taking charge of my life and my surroundings. For me, that's enough to show that this is God's handiwork and not mine. Because I could have stayed in that hole in that dark, and nobody would know about me. But he also pulled me out of that to this point, just to show people that if I can do it for this person, you can also, I can also do it for you. You just need to believe. You also need to take a step. And so that's how I feel it works. Let me explore why it would mean so much to you mm. for a young person to say your life inspires them or your life gives them hope. It, what is the connection? Is it because you represent what they want to become or the challenge that they are in represents what you were before? Mm. Just give me an idea. What, what makes you feel so, so fulfilled about somebody telling you that your life inspires them? I think it's both. And l let me just say for a fact that I get shocked every time people say that. In the beginning when everybody was telling me I'm inspired by you, I was wondering, but I'm just a regular girl. So what am I doing so different uh, that makes you want to get some inspiration or make me your source of inspiration? But along the line, I just you know, realized, and after I borrowed into this particular uh, situation, I realized that for a lot of young people, there's a lot that is stopping them from achieving their dreams. Probably the challenges they're facing um, at home or in their relationships or wherever it is they find themselves, maybe financial challenges, maybe the fact that they are not even confident enough to take that step. There's so much fear in them. But just the fact that they've seen a young woman also do it and start from point zero. Because I mean, for everyone who has followed my journey, they know where I started from. It was zero. I, I, I wasn't a beauty pageant. And I lost on the night so badly because I couldn't even answer my question. Do you still think about it? Um, now I just laugh about it, you know, because I always say that if only I knew what God was doing in my life then, I wouldn't be so sad about not winning the pageant mm. then. But if they followed my journey and realized that for a girl who, in quotes, embarrassed herself or got embarrassed on stage on the final night when everyone or almost everyone had tipped her to win, and years down the line, she has also become a household name in the media fraternity. 
then that means that I can also achieve something. That means that whatever my, uh, my dreams are, there's a possibility that I can achieve them. And for me, that's what makes me excited when people say I'm, I inspire them. So that's the connection? Yes. You feel before. Oh, and I they have. see your failure and they say, oh, you can do something. I have. I mean, in front of everyone, publicly. I didn't feel, you know, quietly. Let me, let me go back to that night. Let me, get, <laughs> let me go back to that night because I have my own stories about, about failing in public with regards to public speaking and vowing that I would never attempt it again. Did, oh. did you tell yourself that? Um, I don't ever remember. I just remember I was very embarrassed. And but, but, but what happened? What happened? So the final question, in fact, even before the final question, so I had prepared my speech. I gave an incredible speech on the night. I sounded very eloquent. Even me, I can tell that I sounded really good because everyone applauded. And then it was time for question and answers. And that's something I didn't prepare for. I spent all my time preparing for my speech, but I didn't prepare for any follow-up questions. So I couldn't answer that. So that's even when I lost my balance a bit. And then the final question when I got into top five was, who is an African? And I went blank. I couldn't speak. I knew that feeling. I, could, I, I couldn't speak. At least if I had tried, I'm sure I would have you know, gotten somewhere. But I couldn't speak. So I could just read from the room, the crowd, that everyone was disappointed. And I could hear people say, Bella, at least say something. And I just couldn't speak. I went back, and I knew that was it. There was no way I was going to win. And for me, that was my first public failure. I don't know if there was another one, maybe, but maybe the only one, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But that really broke me. It broke me. But did I tell myself I would not speak in public again? I don't think so. Forgive me for staying with that night. You're saying it broke you. I'll tell you what. I, I'm very curious about that because that brokenness, that night, that, on the day that you feel that your world comes crashing down. Yeah. Many people don't stay with that narrative or that conversation, and so people see the glory, the glamour, the yeah. beauty of what you are doing, and they're like, Charlie, it's good for you. Yeah. I, want to, I want to ask about that night. Mm. Did you replay the question a thousand times in your mind, saying, but this answer, I could have given it even in my sleep. Was so there a feeling of regret for how long? So many Help times. Help me to appreciate. Help me to appreciate. So many times. And the truth is, I still didn't know the answer anyway. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so he's an African. No. You still don't, do you know now? Well, you now, like... I, I, honestly, if you ask me, I don't even know what to say again. But I had a lot of friends coming to me with different answers. And they all come and tell me, you should have said this or you should have said that. An African is someone um, that's not only born in Africa, but someone who really identifies with uh, the African culture and the tradition and projects it anywhere they find themselves. That's what one of my friends said I, I should have said. I have a suggestion said. for you. Uh, <laughs> what's the suggestion? Write a book called mm. Who's an African. Oh, my word. That is the day you will eventually, <laughs> eventually exercise the ghost of that night. Probably, probably. What year was probably. this? This was in 2010. Oh, yes. 12 years ago? Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and look at your life 10 years or 12 years after. Yeah. All right, so for anyone, anyone who is also battling with a night, a night or a day that went horribly wrong, your message to them is that maybe 12 years from then, they'll be looking back and talking about it and laughing. And laughing, maybe even earlier. It doesn't yeah. have to take 12 long years. I maybe three months later or the I... next morning. You never know. Let's explore the child who took a cane and caned the staircase, trying to address them and then push on from there, the journey into broadcasting. Did you go into media education? What's, what, what was the education know. like? No, I didn't. So I only read linguistics and English and psychology at the University of Ghana. I had no formal media training. I think I learned on the job. But even before that, I had also studied literature at the secondary school level, uh, along with economics and government. I, I, I'm, now I'm thinking about it and I'm realizing that. So all along, I was reading governments because I was eventually going to host a political show. And I didn't like the subjects. I didn't like economics at all. But I loved literature. So um, after, my, after I, I, I went into the media, I realized that I needed to also get some form of training. So I went back to GIJ to do a master's in PR, uh, just to give me that background as well. I intend to go back. At least now I've figured out exactly what else I want to do in the media space. So I know I'll go back to study something else, but yeah. But you're looking at the courses you did, you did the ones you didn't like. I didn't like them at all. And how, how influential they are in what you are doing mm -hmm. now. Let me, let me ask you a question just on the side. Do you, do you find 
the absence of adequate career guidance about that, like in our schools and, and institutions. I mean, if somebody had given you the options that are available to you mm. in studying gov government and English and, and economics, yeah. you'd have done it with a smile on your face, not seeing them as something that you like to check out as soon as you get a chance. Exactly. But look, look at you now, using them on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shouldn't we do something differently in our education? I think we should. I really think we should. And I mean, to be very honest, I think that even with the introduction of the new curriculum, and I had the um, honor of speaking to the then Minister of Education, um, Napo, and we talked about the new curriculum and the fact that they were preparing people not just so they can pass the exams, but even preparing them for the world of work. And so there have been some changes here and there. But again, do we have people who go to these schools and speak to the children and try to identify their talent and help them hone that talent so that if it's media you want to do, from an early age, you're introduced to some of these subjects that can prepare you for it. We don't have that, unfortunately. It's the job of parents now. And for a lot of parents, they're too busy trying to make money to pay school fees, trying to make money to cater for their kids and take care of the home. And so they're barely at home, barely existent in the lives of their kids. So it leaves their kids to just explore. And I do have mates who keep telling me that I wish I was also doing media, but these are friends who work in the bank and they tell you every day that I'm frustrated, but I feel it's too late. I'm not sure I can even get into the media space. So we do need those people. We need career guidance um, you know, personnel to help these kids to hone their talents at a very early age. Um, Comfort and I have advocated that certain subjects be taught as early as primary school okay. and they include discovering your talent and, and working with it. Mm. They include also a subject like investment, yeah. knowing how to manage money. And the third one is entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. just giving people an idea that you can start a business and do not need to work for an organization as mm. an employee. Mm. Just not necessarily in the hard way, which is taught at the, at the senior level, but in playful simple ways. What do you think of something as crazy as that? I agree. I agree. And I, I think this won't be the first time that I've heard about it, especially with investments, because I also have worked with the bank as a brand influencer. And one of the things that we put out on social media was some advice on how to also manage your finances. And then I realized that with the questions that were coming, a lot of people didn't really know how to manage their finances. And so your salary comes in, and even before it comes, you owe a thousand and one people. So you barely even have enough to save. And maybe if we had been taught early on, if you're lucky and you have a parent who teaches you those things, then good for you. But how many kids would have that privilege of having a parent who even understood what it meant to manage their finances? So it should be introduced at a very early age. For some of us, I guess, I, I don't know, because when I was young, I used to save, funny enough. So every time my dad would give me money for school, I'd make sure that I save enough um, so I can probably buy something along the way if I wanted to. And he would get surprised because, I mean, he would ask you, where did you get the money from? And I'm like, I saved from what you gave you me. So maybe I learned a few tips here and there as a child. But for many other kids, I don't think that they were able to learn that. So if we introduce it at a very early age, I think it'll be great. You mentioned inspiring hope, hope in mm -hmm. young people. Earlier on when you talked about the young people who are going through their hustles, when they yeah. see somebody that they see as also having hustled before, mm -hmm. doing well, mm -hmm. it inspires hope. Yeah. How powerful is hope as an, an um, how word do I want to use? Sometimes English language really feels you as a force. How powerful okay. is hope? I think it's very powerful. And again, I'll always say that I started from zero. I was lucky my parents took me to very good schools. But I mean, I was like a tabula rasa when it came to my finances. <laughs> Excuse me to use that word, even though it refers to the brain. But I was just blank like that with my finances. And everybody around me wasn't sure if media was the way to go. I mean, my mom was worried. She was wondering if I was ever going to make enough money from that to take care of myself and take care of everybody else that I needed to take care of. And so everyone around me was very skeptical about the progress of my career. But there was just something within me that kept telling me, just kept nudging me forward, nudging me on, and asking me to still keep fighting because eventually it would pay off. And for me, I, I think it's, it was hope at that time. 
It was the hope that someday I would make it, the hope that I had come too far and I could not give up. And I think that is what has brought me to this point. And it's something that I realize a lot of people see because, again, if they look at my story, my background, where I started from, then they understand that I could not have gotten to this point just because I thought it would work out. It was probably just that faith and that hope that it would work for me. And it actually did work for me. It's still working for me. And so if they use that um, you know, as their point of reference, then definitely it will serve as a, a strong force in their lives too. So let's go back to, you referenced a couple of times where you started from. Yeah. To be fair to our, our viewers who do not know <laughs> Bella Mundi, I mean, help us to know. When I say... Where, where did you start from? from? Especially with regards to the hassles that the ghetto person can see. Oh, I never knew. <laughs> are, you, are you a ghetto girl? Are you, are you, are you, My friends say you, I'm not. And then, well, they say I'm not. But, but have, you, have, you, have you seen hustle? I have. Tell I it, believe tell so. Your, tell us your version of I have. Hustle. I mean, I, like I said, I started from nothing. I live with my mom. Where, um, where, where did you grow up? So different places. We used to move around a lot. Um, so we started off in North Kaneshi. Then we moved to Cantonments, to Teshi. I think we went to Teshi first, then to Cantonments, back to Mataheko. And then sometimes we'll go to Dansoman and then back to Teshi. So Teshi is where I lived my um, uh, early youthful years. And that's when I started working. At least I lived with my mom, so I had the freedom to explore quite a lot in terms of work. Um, but I'm, I don't come from a rich family. I mean, we, we did hustle. Um, we used to rely on my mom, who was the only breadwinner at that point, because my father also lived somewhere else. So I understood what it meant to be a hustler because I'd see my mom go try to figure out how to make some money what so she doing? can take... My mom was doing quite a number of things. At a point, she worked in a hospital. Um, at a point, she worked in a furniture with a furniture company as well. So she did quite a number of things um, um, for a while before she retired. And she retired after we had started working so we can also take over. So it wasn't that rosy, and I saw her go through the challenges. And I always told myself that I cannot live a broke life. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to remain like this. You feel so, Oh, of course, I do, absolutely. Because I know my mom sacrificed a lot for us. I mean, she could have lived her life, but she knew that investing in her kids at that point also would pay off someday. So she sacrificed, and here we are today. And so every time I work, every time I want to achieve something, I have it in the back of my mind because I say I want to do this for my mom. Wow. Yes. So, uh, what was it, Dad? So my dad was married. My parents were divorced from a very early age, so uh, he was also married to someone else. But of course, he also paid our school fees, so it wasn't as if he didn't do anything at all. But at the same time, most of the time I lived with my mom. I would live with my dad uh, the early part of my childhood, and then I moved to my mom after secondary school. So, and of course, secondary school is when you're matured. When you're a child, you really don't understand what's going on. But secondary school, when you're done, you start realizing things. And so um, that's when I really started growing, not just in age, but also mentally and emotionally as well. Is Mother's Day more special to you than Father's Day? Well, you can't blame me. <laughs> you can't blame me. This is Springboard of the University. I guess for today, Bella Mundi. You've been waiting for this interview, and here we are today, unpacking the story of her life and trying to understand uh, where she's come from. There are some very heavy-duty questions I want to ask her as we get into the engine room, and I'm trusting that it would, ask, to use her words, inspire hope in somebody that if she's been able to do it, you can also do it, and and we can tell your story years from now and see. Ah, I listened to Bella Mundi. I said, if I, if she's done it, I can also do it, and so. She's been talking about where the name came from, her upbringing, and I love the part where she says she's ordained for this. It probably is my favorite point so far. And then she talked about God putting us in this world, each of us with an agenda that fulfills his purpose and is to his glory. She says she gets shocked when people say she's their role model or she's doing well because to her she's just a regular girl. And so she concludes that maybe what she represents inspires hope in somebody. Then she talks about that fateful night where one step away from being beauty queen, she literally freaked out because the Q&A segment brought up questions that she didn't prepare for and she just froze and, and we are agreeing that she will write a book called <laughs> Who is an African and I'll write, I'll write the foreword. So that's where we are on that one. 
And then the, the, the next point is about education and how the courses she studied at secondary level, first degree, and second degree all come together in the work that she does. Bella thinks that career guidance should be made more available because people are making choices that they are not very well prepared for and parents who should be helping their children either do not know themselves mm -hmm. or are too busy earning a living to support their children as they make these choices. Then on financial management, she says she did quite well when she was a child with that one, but she thinks that if it is taught, it would help so many more people. And as a brand influencer, she's doing some work with that one as well. Then he talked about hope. The father is a very powerful force, and many were skeptical about her going into the media. But hope and faith kept her going, and here she is. When we come back, let's find out about the angels in your life, the mentors and the people who have helped push you, and the people who sometimes also pull you back a little. And let's find out about how we can replicate, not necessarily Bellamundis, but many more success stories of people. And then we'll talk about social media, a very powerful tool that can be used for both good and sometimes, unfortunately, also for evil, if I may say so. Right. So, before we go on the break, I would like to remind you that Springboard Virtual University is brought to you by the Springboard Ratio Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse Just Be, the enterprise group, enterprise your advantage, UMB Bank, celebrating 50 years in banking and supported in the media by the multimedia group and then also by the graphic business newspaper. I've booked page 18 for Bella's story. Find it on Tuesday and read the full transcript of our conversation tonight. And then also I would like to appreciate our partners at the Central University. UMB reminds all of us that great countries are built on the back of entrepreneurs in spite to take risks and build thriving corporations and entities. And they say because Springboard is keen on inspiring the next generation of entrepreneurs, the partnership with the bank ensures that we bring to you a bank that has been doing this and supporting SMEs since 1972. So they want to hear your story about you rising to the top of the commanding heights of the economy. So reach out to UMB now, and they can help you build a thriving corporate organization from a small business. UMB, bringing a uniquely Ghanaian perspective to banking since the year 1972, and that makes it 50 years in banking. Let's go for a break. When we come back, let's unpack the deepest ends of the piston rings of the engine room of Belamundi. Please don't go away. Hello. Valued customer. Hmm. ASMO. The entire customer service team is out for lunch. Please call back in four hours. What? Me nana be dia kona mama me bad service ano. Me kokra. Ah nana. With bus from Enterprise D, you will love the customer service experience. Keke. I am available for you 24/7 on the Enterprise Advantage app, the Enterprise website, and on WhatsApp number 055-400-1924. Hello. Babs. Chat with Babs from Enterprise, your contact for insurance, pensions, funeral and property solutions from the Enterprise Group. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. <laughs> when you can be anything, who will you become? When you can go anywhere and never feel alone, how far will you go? When you have the means to make your dreams real, when will you start? When your voice can reach every ear, who will you inspire? When your money can travel faster and further than you ever could, where will you send it? When you can tell a story in every language, which ones will you tell? When nothing can stop you, and everyone's behind you and, and the, the whole world, world awaits, awaits you. you don't go alone go with us everywhere, everywhere you, you go. go Aquaba UMB is proud to offer you the best business solutions possible. We have been excelling in serving Ghana since 1972, and our sole interest is to make your business succeed. We are committed to making you to become number one in any sphere of business or enterprise you are pursuing. With our experience in growing some of the biggest SMEs in Ghana, we can support you become the business leader in Okaishi, Xiaomi, 
Abusokai, or any of the SME enclaves in Ghana with our SME solutions. Our latest SME loans allows you to take a loan backed by the value of your cash flow and inventory so you can increase your trade efficiently. Speak to our business bankers or visit any of our branches now. UMB Bank, you first. Apply now for a degree at Central University, Ghana's leading private Christian university. Admissions are open for the 2021-2022 academic year. Degrees are available on our campuses at Mutual, Christ Temple Abusokai, and Kumasi. You can also enroll in our MBA with various specializations. Scholarships are available for needy but brilliant students. Call now on 0303-318-583. You can also visit our website at central.edu.gh for more info. Welcome back to Springboard, your virtual university. And my guest for today is one that I know many of you have been looking forward to. Since we started the engine room, you send me your list of people that you want to hear me talk to. And I'm your humble servant. So I brought Belamundi as you requested. And today we are finding out the story of her life and all the, the corners of the engine. But you are saying that there are some corners in the engine room I haven't gone to. Listen, I will still go there before the show is over. So trust me. Bella, let's talk about people. Okay. Both for good and for evil, but let's talk about people. I mean, okay. do you feel that there are some angels or some some mentors or some people that God has brought your way along the journey who have been really key in helping you become who you are today? Absolutely, and I don't think it's just angels. I think they're non-angels as well. Who uh, what, what, I call them angels to refer regardless, to regardless, right? Nice people. Oh, people who are not so nice. No, I understand. I, yeah. I understand what you and, mean. Okay. And what I mean by that exactly is is that. Everyone came into your life for a reason. Okay. All right. So that people who would help you and propel you to your next level, that those who, who are meant to teach you something just for that moment, and then they're done with you and move on with their lives, and you have to move on with yours as well. And then there are those who are going to come and just, you know, cause trouble, so, you know, foment trouble, and then that's it. It's supposed to just leave you a little unbalanced, but you're supposed to learn something from that as well. So I do have angels, a lot of them, and I never shy away from mentioning them and saying thank you to them even within my family i think that my mom and my sister have been my pillar and if it wasn't for them i won't be here but also along the line i've met people who have given me jobs who have just encouraged me along the way and have just been my mentors and angela chamati is one of them also jibodi dosu um is another one of them both, at a point them very good friends of mine angela yeah. the show not too long yes, ago yes. and i enjoy the conversation and with i've known for years yes, very very wonderful yes. people but these are very key people in my life. I remember for Jibodi, I had to go to her when I needed to make a transition from my previous network to the network I was in. And I was scared and I didn't know what to do. And so I went to cry on her literally and I told her, I'm not sure what I want to do. I'm not sure if it's the right move. What do I do? And she, she made time for me. We had a number of sessions and by the time we were done, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I was scared of the future as well, so I wasn't sure if making that decision at that time was going to inure to my benefit. But she painted a very clear picture of why it is important to be bold enough to make certain decisions in your life and you know the effects of it. And even if it wasn't a good decision, at least you jumped, at least. So she's very key in my life. And then there's Angela, who's literally my sister. And she calls me her little sister, um, basically. But she's also my pillar. And she's taught me a lot. So I was just enjoying being on TV and just enjoying being popular. But she also sort of, um, you know, smoothened my rough edges a bit and also encouraged me to look at more, a lot more into the corporate world and not just see myself as just a media person who's on TV, who likes to dress up and everybody likes. But what kind of image are you also? What kind of brand are you building for yourself as you grow, as you progress in your life? And these two people really, really helped me. And so for that, I give them all the props on, on TV today. I want to say thank you to them. Then there were people who also helped me along the line, whether it was in my line of career, it was you know, privately. But they also taught me a lesson, which is something that took me a while to realize, because I was angry for a long time, and I didn't understand why certain things happened. But again, when you figure out your purpose in life, you realize that these people are meant to have been there, or were meant to have been there at that point just to teach you something. That's why I call them maybe non-angels, or angels in a different form. I don't know. <laughs> That's but a yeah. very interesting angle to it. Most people will, will talk about those people and not see any benefits in them. You say, you say they help teach yeah. you a lesson. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned something in passing that caught my attention. You say you were angry for a while. Do you, do, you, do you sometimes get angry? 
Um, so I'm quick-tempered, funny enough. I'm trying to control it. I've been working on it for a while. But I'm just very impatient. I don't like it when, you know, people waste my time or... I, I mean, I, I just snap, or I used to snap so easily. But I had a friend who introduced me to emotional intelligence, which is something I didn't even know about. And every time I got angry, this person would say, but I've taught you to be emotionally intelligent. So then he would send me links to go and read. I'll take some um, you know, tests online to see my level of emotional intelligence and all that. And it helped me to work on myself. So I used to be very angry. I, I, I probably grew up a very angry child, or to some extent, quite an angry child. And so I think that was just what um, formed my personality until I started learning not to be so angry at every point. So when you talk about your feelings or your challenges or, your, or the limitations of your, your person or mm -hmm. work, people are like, oh, hold on, honestly. I mean, yeah. you too. Mm -hmm. So you are saying that you probably grew up as an angry child and you mm -hmm. find that you can easily become quick-tempered yeah. and impatient. And so you've had to learn emotional intelligence. intelligence. Forgive me, when you open a box, I want to go back to go in there. <laughs> Would you say there are any other weaknesses that you look at yourself and say, this is another area that I, I know, I know that you're late? Hmm. Um, aside that, I also procrastinate a lot, and I'm trying to right. work on that. That's not a good thing. I've been struggling with this, and so I always pinch myself when I'm procrastinating, and I tell myself, you said you're going to work on this. It's time to work on it. That, and also the fact that... Um, I think basically it would be that quick temper that I've been trying to work on that and maybe the spirit of procrastination that I'm trying to fix. Knowing, knowing your weaknesses is, is itself the first step or the first half of conquering mm -hmm. them. And you, you, you talk about a deliberate program to, to overcome them. Let's move on to your strengths. Mm -hmm. Your strengths, what, 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 would your, what would your strengths be? They are evident, but let's talk about them. Mm -hmm. What would you see as your strengths? I mean, first of all, I'm a good communicator. Thanks to God for that. And so I, I, I think that's one of my greatest strengths. Also, another strength that I think I have is that if I set my mind to do something, I do it, regardless mm. of the negativity around me, regardless of the people who don't believe in what I see and what I believe in. And uh, you get a lot of people who know me really well tell you that even when I tell her, I don't think this will work. She just says, okay. But then the next minute, you realize that she's still doing it. And you're wondering, why is she still going on with it? But it's because I just have this infrangible spirit I don't want to lose at something, and so I'll do anything just to win. And for me, I see it as a strength because in the long run, it helps me to achieve a lot of the things that I have achieved in life, uh, including my career as well. And so that's also another strength that I think that I have. Beautiful. You mentioned that in spite of the negativity and, and pressure or, or skepticism that comes against it. I, I, I sometimes notice that there seems to be um, more energy, especially in social media spaces, around bad news or somebody trolling seems to get much more energy, energy yeah. than celebrating mm -hmm. success. If I put out something that is celebrating achievement, it won't get as much traction as something that is, mm. is purportedly negative. You get three likes. Uh, <laughs> why, why is this so? You get three likes. Why is this so? Why, I, why, why does negative energy get more traction than celebrating I, success? I don't know. I think it's also just a reflection of the society we live in as well. I think a lot of people are broken. And even though they may be trying to get out of that brokenness, they're also looking for people to identify with. And so if there's negativity on social media, then I realize that, oh, I'm not the only one going through you know, the bad stuff. There are people who are going through it. So let's all just wallow in our pity and in this pity and just keep talking about it. Unlike seeing someone post something positive because that means you're doing better than I am and I don't see why I should support you because my life is a mess and I'd rather identify with people who have similar issues as well. I think that's what it is. I think so. Are we, are we, are we cynical? To an extent, yes, I think so. And maybe it's not our fault. Maybe it's just also the society that we uh, found ourselves in. So we've learned from what has been done in the past. Maybe. That's what I think. With all the influence that you have, what, what, what would you do to turn the situation that we describe around? Mm. Because I want to see more energy behind celebrating success. That's, what, yeah. that's what we do here at Springboard. Yeah. I mean, 
I may have met you for the first time, but once I know what you are doing, I'm so excited for it. Yeah. And genuinely so. Mm -hmm. But you don't find that being the common norm. Yeah. It's sometimes almost as if we are literally looking for something to say, but this does not work. Yeah. How do we get much more of celebrating success mm. as a model for others to look at and see it can be done? For me, I'm doing that through my BU project. Um, so it's a... Say it a bit slowly so I get it. BU. BU. So B.U. Okay. Yes. B.Y.O.U. It's a project that I started a few years ago. And basically, again, it's because a lot of young women especially used to tell me they want to be like me and they want to do exactly what I was doing. And I thought that it would be a great time to rally them together and let them know that I'm doing this because it's my purpose. What is your purpose? Figure it out and maybe you do better than me. But also, as we moved along, I realized that there was a need to have deep conversations with these young people, just to let them understand that it's okay to celebrate someone else. It's okay to want to push someone up, even if things are not going right for you, because you never know, along the line, that is when you might also get your big break. And so there was no point. And every time that we meet, we always remind them of why they should use social media for the right purpose and not for the wrong purpose. What is the point in enjoying someone's failure and just going on social media and constantly just talking about it when you could use that same energy to also push everyone up? If you're going through a challenge, you should find people to speak to. You should find mentors and speak to them. Let them help you so that you don't also um, wallow in pity and now start looking for people, similar people, just so you can go on social media and you know make fun of people. For me, that's how I've done it, finding mentors and being a mentor myself to younger people. You talk about empowering young ladies, and I'll tell you something very interesting that happened to us when we started the Festival of Ideas. We were wondering why there was an imbalance between the attendance of men and women. Mm -hmm. We felt that if it wasn't corrected early enough, it would replicate itself going forward. So one day we took a poll and found out that there were 71% male attendance mm -hmm. and 21% female attendance. And we gave ourselves a target and said within a year, we must achieve minimum 45-55, and in some cases, more women than men. Mm -hmm. And we put in place a deliberate program of ensuring balance in our speakers, yeah. ensuring that uh, the female attendees got more scholarships to attend. Okay. And within a year, we yeah, achieved yeah, it. Achieved it yeah. And it was fast. It was a very big milestone to celebrate because we felt that it was something that was worth doing. And when mm -hmm. we got the results, we were like, yes, it can be done. Yeah. For you, what, what can we do to empower to strengthen, to bring up more female success mm. stories. We have lots of them, but what can we do to get even more of them? I think it's two things. Mentorship is one of them. Um, identifying women who have already achieved success, and maybe not just women, but even men who are willing to take these girls you know, under their wings and also help them uh, grow their talents and help nurture them. I think that's one of them. And the other one would be for other women who have also achieved success to speak the truth about their challenges. I feel as if a lot of us are too guarded. We're too scared of what the world might think of us if we tell them about our failures and our challenges. And so we guard that so much, and we only project the positive aspect of you know, our career and our successes and all of that. But maybe if you're honest and you tell these young women that what you're going through now, I went through it. I may still be going through it, but at least I'm lucky that I have a career or a brand that is progressing. And so you might think that everything is well with me. But I also face challenges. And if you're honest with them, then maybe they'll also not be so hard on themselves. And they'll give themselves a break and want to still achieve, even if they're going through all the challenges. It gives them some hope for the future and some faith that they would also achieve it. So those two things, get them closer to you, nurture them, mentor them, and be honest about your failures. For me, those two things work. Belamundi's prescription for raising many more accomplished female executives, female role models in any field of endeavor. First, bring them close and mentor them. And the second part is what I like. He says, be honest about your struggles and your challenges. That means I don't paint a rosy picture of everything being fine. Let them know that even, even now when they see you as, as their hero, you still have your struggles. So let's come to you, Bella. Yeah. What are your struggles? Hmm, <laughs> my struggles, quite a number of them. Uh, your fears, your struggles, <laughs> your anxieties. Do you have some? I do. Yes, Tell I do. I, I, I get anxious about a lot of things. Sometimes I'm scared um, of failure, interestingly. Sometimes I feel like my ambitions are too, um, too high. 
I mean, I'm being overly ambitious and I'm worried that I might not achieve success. And so that scares me a bit sometimes. I think sometimes too, I'm a, because I'm a go-getter, uh, it, it worries people around me and it concerns me so much what people think because for a long time I was trying to be this perfect person or I thought I was this perfect person that everybody liked. And then along the line I realized that not everyone was necessarily for me. And that gave me a rude awakening. Mm. And so for a long time, I stayed away from people. I stayed away for a long time because I felt like, what if she's not thinking right about me? How does that make me feel? So that became one of the challenges that I was facing, not being sure who was on my side and who wasn't. And it sort of affected my um, relation with people generally, generally for a while. I'm still trying to work on it, by the way. And I'm working on myself with a lot of things. And again, that issue about not emotional intelligence. So I might be working on it, but I know I haven't gotten there yet. So that is also one of the major struggles for me. The fact that I'm working on um, you know, my quick temper and also working on emotional intelligence. Because it's not every time that you think about it and realize, OK, I'm not supposed to react this way. Maybe if I do it this way, it'll be better. I'm human. I'm fallible. So I make mistakes along the way. And those are some of the challenges that I face. You talk about these challenges affecting your relationships. Do you feel that in that part of your life, you look back and you think things could have been different if it were not for these challenges? Well, maybe. And, and in relationships, I don't just mean, I don't mean boyfriend, girlfriend, but just, you know, other kinds of relationships as well. Because one of them would be with my dad. I told you that I grew up quite an angry child. And for a long time, I didn't understand what he may have been battling with, which is why he acted the way he did in the past. And so it took me a very long time to forgive him um, for that. I grew up with a lot of hurt. And it took him passing for me to now realize that maybe I should have let go of whatever was between us. I should have forgiven him. What if I had done that? Maybe life would have been better for me, and I wouldn't feel so guilty after he's passed. But that's one thing I couldn't do. I still. If you see what he did, what what. Oh, when I say what he did, I mean as as a father, there were things that we didn't agree on, and I think that we had similar spirits, and so we didn't gel. You know that thing where <laughs> light pools sometimes don't attract. So um, he was very strong spirited, and so was I. And so he wants things done this way, things done this way, and I want things done the other way. And so if you were alive, I'm sure, or if he, I had lived with him after secondary school, I don't think I'd be in the media because there's no way he would agree for me to do that. He would want me to be a banker. So we always used to clash. And I didn't understand that about him. I never really understood why there was a divorce between him and my mom. So for a long time, I just felt like he was just a bad person. And growing up with him was very tough because he was overly strict. So I didn't like that aspect of him as well. So I grew up very bitter my about My mother had a cane. Well, my mother had a cane, but at or least she would allow you light. to still explore. <laughs> My dad didn't have a gun. He had a belt. Wow. <laughs> My dad was very strict. He was just like that. He won't let you go out. I mean, when there's fun fairs and stuff in school, if you're lucky, you'll go. If you're not lucky, I'm sorry. When your friends are all going to hang out in one friend's house, he says, well, what's the point? Go and take a book and read. Why do you need to go out? And you never forgive him. I, well, I didn't like those things because I wanted to explore a little more. It wasn't as if I was going to do anything bad. But I just thought I would, it would have been nice if he had allowed me to also just explore a bit. And I, I was a child then, so I didn't understand those things. And a few other things that happened along the way as well. So it took a very long time for me to even have that kind of relationship with him right. even before he passed. And that was one of the major um, challenges that I think I had growing up. Do you have regrets about it? Do you think you should have rubbed him on the, on the back a bit? Oh, well, I wouldn't say regrets. I think I've made peace with him even though he's passed. I think I've made peace with God as well. And so I wouldn't say regrets, no. For those who are still alive, can they benefit from these learnings? Your mom is still alive. Oh, yes, 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 she is. She because is. if you look back and you think, well, you could have done something differently with your dad, your mom yeah. is still alive. She can is. she benefit from these learnings? Absolutely, and I'm doing everything I can. To give her the life that you think she deserves. Absolutely. Let me ask you my, my final question about yourself. It's about family. Because obviously, you're, from what I'm learning, you're experience with your own family impacted you. Mm -hmm. What kind of family do you want to build then? I want a close-knit family, like I have with my mom and my sister now. 
uh, I think is the best thing anybody could ask for. That's support, that unflinching support, the support that doesn't question uh, who you are before you get it. And I, do I want a big family? I don't think so, but if that's what God wants, <laughs> I don't know, maybe. But I just want a very supportive family, and I hope I get it, a family of peace, and also a family that's devoid of the many challenges that we face when we're growing up. We always tell ourselves that if we've noticed or identified these problems in our families, we should also make a conscious effort not to repeat those mistakes. We should also have children who will not grow up angry, will not grow up wishing they belong to other families. And that means a lot of work has to go into you as a parent and what you do to nurture your child. And those are certain things that we've learned um, growing up. And we hope that we don't repeat the mistakes of our parents. Can I tell you something? It's been a very beautiful conversation. Very honest and very, <laughs> very touching for me. Has it? Yes. Oh. So let me give you a chance you. to wrap up on the issue of all these people who look up to you. And I, I look at social, social media. I, I follow you and I just watch what you do. I I'm a very curious person. I, okay. I'm extremely curious about life. I ask okay. a lot of questions. Mm. So I try to understand why people follow you. And with all this huge following, what will you do with it? Ten years from now, as God enables you, mm. what should we expect? Well, I think we'll have to ask God about that, you know, because he's the it's one that directs. He's the one that directs. But what, what for me, you? I mean, I'm still looking at a, that opportunity to have that close-knit relationship with these people, and which is why I'm running the BU project. I hope that in the next 10 years, it'll be one of the biggest, just like you have Springboard. And it's something that I've been following for a very long time. I never got to attend any of your conferences, however, because again, I was a child, I wasn't allowed to go out and stuff. But I used to follow it on TV, on radio, and it's something that I also want to have. I just want people to know that this is a young woman who didn't give up, and so if she's going to use her voice to reach out to these people all around, and not just in the country, continentally, globally, why not? I'm looking forward to that. It's a major challenge, but I yeah. enjoyed your, the conversation so much that I would not give you a summary. <laughs> instead of giving you a summary of what you have said, I'm giving you an earlier summary, but instead of giving you a summary, I'm going to give you a prayer. Okay. And my prayer simply for you is that God will guide you on this journey. Amen. And God will help you on this journey. And you've touched me by what you said about be believing that what you are doing is, is the work of God to mm. make the world a better place, to affect people and give them hope. It's something that is central to what you do here at Springboard. So I pray for even more clarity for you as you go forward. And I pray that you will look back five years from now and see what you are doing is even much bigger yeah. than what you were doing the year 2022. Yeah. May God help you to see that reality in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for your time as well. It's just this is my first time meeting you and talking to you. And I'm honored. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right. So this has been a very special edition of Springboard of Virtual University with Bella Mundi unpacking the story of her life. And I must tell you something. You need to watch this at least twice because... I can see some very, very heavy-duty lessons in this that will be a blessing to anyone looking for purpose, for direction, and for impact in society. My name is Albert Okransi, and a big thank you to you for joining us for this amazing conversation, and a big thank you to our sponsors, MTN Pulse, the Enterprise Group, UMB Bank, and our media partners, the Multimedia Group, and the Graphic business. Reminding you that on Tuesday on page 18, Bella's full story with a beautiful picture, inspiring hope in you that you can also live out your dream. Don't miss it and share it with someone as a gift to them. A big thank you to our friends also at the Central University. So we'll come away again next week. This is Albert saying God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you.
don't just bring you the breaking stories. We go beyond them to bring you the intricate issues in those developing stories. We are relentless in our probe, detailed in our search, and our commitment to be your most credible news source is one that you can trust. Because news is all about you. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 